You're listening to the Cairo Success Podcast, where we reveal the secrets to a massively successful practice. Here's your host, Dr. Tori Robeson. How to save money, crush debt, and become financially free as a chiropractor. Yes, it can be done, but you have to have the right systems that probably only exist here. Enjoy this first audio in this audio set. Listen and enjoy. Hello, this is Tori Robeson, chiropractor. This CD series on money, financial abundance, financial mastery, financial freedom might be the most important CD set that you ever listen to as it relates to your financial future. And I'm very excited about that, so we take this material very seriously. And we want to make sure we cover all the relevant bases as it relates to you and your financial situation, your understanding of money, what you are doing with money, your saving, your debt reduction, your future as it relates to money and being able to survive and having a wonderful lifestyle. So first off, let me say a few things here. In my last 15 plus years of practice, you know, I've earned millions of dollars, dealt with relatively high dollar amounts, for a chiropractor as it relates to practice collections, practice uh, sales, um, real estate transactions that I've been involved in. And during that time, I have studied and learned quite a bit about the proper handling of money for a chiropractor. Now, I am not a financial planner, and you don't need to be a financial planner to do this. I am not a life insurance agent, and you don't need to be a life insurance agent to understand a lot of this. I'm not an accountant, and you certainly do not need to be an accountant to learn how to be good at handling money. All of these things you will have to learn on your own, and you have to become very self-reliant. As you will hear me say many times along the course of this training, you really have to look out for yourself. It is your 100% responsibility to understand what is happening with your money, money flow, and your money future. And that's the exciting part, because you do have so much control over this. And I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited for you and what you're going to learn as we spend some time together here. Now, right away, I want you to understand we're going to spend some time talking about money, what money really is. Obviously, then we're going to move on to debt, understanding what debt really is, why debt exists at the level that it does, why debt exists in your life like it does, what exactly to do about debt, and we're going to gain an understanding and a perspective here that is going to be very, very liberating for you. Once you really can look down and see the grand scheme of what is happening and see the big picture then you're much better equipped to deal with it on a personal level, and that is very, very liberating. We're going to spend some time, of course, talking about saving and accumulating, the importance of that, the power of that, the discipline that requires, the many forces that are against you in doing that. 
But as you do learn to do that, the freedom it will give you will give you a feeling that is up there in the t- probably the top five feelings any human being can feel. And everything we do in life, essentially we do for feeling. problem is a lot of people are doing the wrong things because they don't know what they should or shouldn't be feeling. But we want to feel good. We want to feel proud. We want to feel excited. We want to feel satisfied. We want to feel a sense of abundance. We want to feel the safety and security that comes from that. And those are excellent feelings. And we want to make sure we do the right things so that our day-to-day life is not just full of stress like it is out there in the masses. I'm also going to spend some time talking about guidelines And you might even say some fun facts and other things as it relates to money and your money. How big of a house should you buy? What about your office? What about equipment? What about cars? What about vacation homes? What about vacations in general? All of these things that require decision making. And of course, realize your financial situation right now is the perfect result of your past decision making. Do you make good decisions when it comes to money? Are you as far ahead financially right now as you would like to be? Are you as far ahead right now financially as you could have been? If the answer is no, then the problem is your decision making. There's no one to blame here. We cannot blame divorces. We cannot blame the economy. We cannot blame anybody. We can only blame ourselves because we made the decisions. And that gives us the power. That gives you the power because knowing that going forward, you can make better money decisions. Now, right away, we must understand that there are things in practice and in life that have a procedural systems element to them. How you collect the money in your office is a procedure, okay? Then we have behavioral elements inside the psychology of ourselves and the psychology of everyone. And that is when a person has some money in their hands, what do they do with it? What do you do with it? Now we're entering into a behaviorally controlled function. In other words, what habits, what conditioning, what thinking is going on in your head that guides you to making the decisions you make with money. What you buy, what you don't buy, when you buy it, why you buy it. Are you even directing your thoughts or have you let the commercials in the media program your brain? Which is most likely the case, whether you like to admit it or not. So money, understanding what it is, debt, debt control, debt crushing, and all those things we'll get to. And of course, money saving and accumulating, and then many of the guidelines and other elements as it relates to financial success for you in chiropractic. And believe me, it is my sincere goal that you become financially successful. Now, it isn't always the highest collecting chiropractors that become the wealthiest. In fact, many times that's not the case. It is your habits. It is your conditioning. It is your discipline. It is your having a goal. It is your having a vision for the future and not just thinking things will take care of themselves down the road because that does not happen, okay? We must plan if we want to be happy. 
So the question is here, number one, what is financial freedom? What does that really mean? It doesn't mean that you hope somebody gives you a bunch of money, because that's not going to happen. It doesn't mean you're going to win a lottery, because that is not going to happen. And you're not going to inherit any money in 99.999% of cases. What is financial freedom? Is it marrying somebody who has some money so then you can kick back and cruise and not have to work? Of course, and let your brain disintegrate and turn into some goofy, you know, self-entitled shell of a human being? Because we derive our self-worth from our work, which is why our working is always important. It is foolish to think you will ever retire. Retiring is foolish, okay? If you're doing something that you love and you really have a mission, why would you ever not want to do it into the future? I plan on practicing forever. Why would I not? I like working on people. I may not do it 30 hours a week. I may do it eight hours a week. But why would you not do that? Unless, of course, you're in a physical state where you can't. So the point is here, what is financial freedom? Financial freedom is this. It is your ability to accumulate enough assets that the income produced from those assets is enough to pay all of your living expenses and afford you an accommodating and wonderful lifestyle. I'll go over that again. Financial freedom is the point where you have enough saved and invested that the money that that money makes and pays you is enough to pay all of your bills and give you an excellent lifestyle without any work or effort on your part. Do you want to know how financially free you are right now? How long can you survive if you quit working right now and had no more income? How long could you survive? I want you to think about this now. If you had no more income starting right now, with the money you have saved and whatever you have that you could sell and get rid of, how long could you survive before you'd have to borrow, beg, or steal? That's sort of the definition of how wealthy you are. See, wealth or the definition of wealthy in some cases means how long can you live if you didn't work anymore? And if that is the rest of your life, then you are wealthy. Some people think that because somebody has a good job and makes some money and has some nice cars and a pretty house and a cul-de-sac that they're wealthy. No, they're probably broke. They just don't look like it as we will get to in a minute. Wealth. How wealthy are you? How long can you go if your income stopped? A week? Two weeks? Five years? Seventeen years? The rest of your life? Do you have enough wealth accumulated you can pay for your lifetime and the lifetime expenses of several other people? Which is what I recommend. Think about that. Most people in the United States are literally two weeks away from being flushed down the financial toilet. Because they have to get their paycheck to pay the bills and make the monthly payments and somehow survive and eat and whatnot, only so they can go again and then be waiting for the paycheck that they have to have to pay the bills and pay their debts and cruise along. And they get stuck in this trap 
and this treadmill of existence that, in my opinion, is just misery. And that is the majority of people in the United States today because they have allowed themselves to be programmed into thinking that they're not worth that much, programmed into thinking that they should go and buy all the stuff the media has programmed their minds to buy, and they're duped into this worker bee rat race lifestyle. And when I drive to work and I see these people in their cars, you almost never see anybody smiling because very, very few people are actually happy. And one of the reasons for this, of course, is because their financial state is bleak. Due to their own lack of training, lack of understanding, lack of desire to learn how to handle money, because anybody with any income can do well with just a little bit of discipline, as you will see. So what is financial freedom? Now you know what that means. It is also important for us in chiropractic to understand our mission and our purpose versus our profession. Now, of course, you already think I'm going to say that our purpose is to adjust as many people and as many families as possible and help them become more healthy with natural chiropractic care. There, that's our, that's our bleeding heart mission for the world that sounds good to everyone. And yes, in large part, that's true, and you know it's true. But really, if you were to really write down what your real mission is as a man or as a woman, it would sound more like this. My purpose is to become wealthy, financially independent, while maintaining a superior level of health and fitness, having great personal and family relationships, as I serve people and serve as many people as I can by helping them achieve a higher level of health through natural chiropractic care. Now think about that. Is that not really the truth? But you can't put that on the wall in your office because people might think you're in it for the money and that would be bad, right? Please understand that every company that exists, virtually every company, exists to make a profit. That is why they exist. They are there to make a profit. They sell a product or a service for more than it costs them to do it, therefore leaving a profit, and that is their goal, is to increase their profit. You are a chiropractor. You are a businessman. You are a businesswoman. Your goal is to provide services collect money for those services, have that money be more, actually much more, than what your bills are, leaving you with a profit. That is the purpose of business. If that is not the purpose of business, there will be no business, you will be out of business. And of course that, for us, is unacceptable because we really, really, really do have a mission to serve humanity in our communities and the world. But we must keep our business perspective in mind and realize that we have our mission and our purpose as it relates to our life as a human being on earth, and our profession is chiropractic. That is a profession we have chosen to afford us the lifestyle that's possible, and chiropractic certainly can do that. See, if you want to have a lot of money down the road, chiropractic can do it. If you want to do a lot of traveling, chiropractic can bring that into your life. You want to give away a lot of money and donate to your church and whatnot? Chiropractic can be the vehicle by which you're able to do that. 
Chiropractic can bring you whatever you want. If you serve at a high level and understand how to handle money, you will do just fine. So let's really pay attention to the material that we have here. Your mission and your profession, two separate things. Your mission is to really do well personally and professionally in life as a man or as a woman. The profession we have chosen is chiropractic. See, my mission wouldn't change if my profession changed. Changed. See, if I was out of chiropractic and into something else, which is not going to happen, but let's just say it did, my goal would still be to become financially independent, still maintain a high level of health and fitness, still have great relationships. See, see that mission is more important and overrides anything in chiropractic. What you need to do for yourself and your life has very little to do with your job, your profession, what you're doing. It just so happens that in chiropractic, we can blend the two together because being great in chiropractic plus handling your money will bring you the things that really are your purpose in life. And that is so exciting and so liberating also. Once again, you hear me use that word liberating because you can be set free by some of the freedom that being financially smart will gain you. And that is absolutely worthwhile. Now, we must always start from this point forward. We can't do anything about the past except learn from it. And we must realize that right now, you have a certain amount of years left that you are able to work. This is a fact. It might be 10 years. It might be 55 years. Either way, there will be a time in the future where you are unable to work and earn income. How are you going to pay your bills at that time? Now, many of you out there listening, driving along, sitting in your car, for example, are not thinking that far ahead. You do not want to think that far ahead. And, and many of you out there, your brain locks up and you can't even think that far ahead. But believe me, there will be a time when you will be 72 years old, 77, 62, 67, 87. That is going to happen. Okay, You are not going to live to be 500. You are not going to live forever. You have a finite, fixed number of years rotating on this planet. And that number is approaching. That day is approaching where you cannot work. And you work and you earn so that you can pile up some money so when the day comes that you can't work, that you will be fine and not have to be a leech on society like 95% of the population is who has to rely on somebody else other than themselves to survive after the age of 65. Despite having earned hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars over their career, they end up broke because they allow the system to steal all their money from them and spit them out broke at retirement time only to survive on Social Security, whatever other little thing they may have left, or on whoever they might be leeching off of. And is this any way to live? This is simply a fact. You have got to take responsibility right now for accumulating the money that you will need when you can't work anymore. If you think you're going to wait and somebody else will pay your bills for you, believe me, they won't because they have their own bills and life to worry about. So you have to become responsible, response-able, able to respond to the fact there will be a time you can't work and you will need money, period. You will not need love. Love will not buy you food. Okay, You need money. Around the world, people are starving and dying. They don't need love. They don't need missionaries to go over there with Bibles. They need money. 
money is what will fix these problems. Yes, they need faith. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making a spiritual jab here, but the fact of the matter is these people starving in the desert, they need money. Okay? The family that's losing their home because the banking system went upside down, they need money. They don't need people to send them cookies and feel sorry for them. They need cash. I think it's a worthwhile goal for you to be the kind of person that has some cash that you can do some nice things for people with. There truly is no greater feeling than doing something generous like that. And it must be kept in perspective and be done very smartly. Otherwise, you won't have any money left to do those things with. But you realize, let's say in a church, for example, that there's only a handful of people that are donating about 75% of all the money that the church collects. There's probably 10 or 15% of the congregation that's actually donating 75% of the money. When it comes time to build a new church, I will promise you there are one or two or three people that have donated probably more than half and sometimes much more than that than everybody else combined. And yet many churches want to run around and talk about the evils of money, even though they're standing in a church that was built on money that a handful of people earned. I just decided a long time ago I wanted to be able to be one of those few people that could have some reach with money. Because let me assure you, money reaches farther than your hands. See, in chiropractic, you can help people with your hands. But with money, you have reach around the globe that can be very, very helpful. Just as helpful in many cases as you can help people with your chiropractic you can also help people with money. And the first person we want to help with money is you, yourself, and getting your financial situation in order so that you are better equipped to motor through life in a more solid position and be able to not only practice because you love working on people, but also to be a financially solid rock that other people can count on for advice and for inspiration and for leadership in this key and critical and never taught area in chiropractic, never taught in nearly any seminar I've ever been to. That's why here at Winner's Edge, we are considered the chiropractic business and practice building experts because we are the group that talks about and addresses this critical concern and understanding as it relates to money and your money handling and your money future because believe me, we want you to be successful and happy, and the chiropractor who ends up in the best physical condition themselves, the chiropractor who ends up the better, uh, best off financially, the chiropractor who ends up with the uh, most loving and caring close relationships, really is the chiropractor who wins because you cannot retire on patient visits. You cannot buy stuff on patient visits. Yes, of course, you want to help as many people as possible, but down the road when you're done doing that, there's going to be winners and there's losers, and losers are the ones that are going to be broke, made, made a bunch of mistakes, didn't think ahead, didn't pay attention, were thinking somebody else was going to do it for them, and right now you know better. Already at this point in this CD program, you know better than that. You know that you must become wealthy. You must keep your health and fitness at a high level. You must get your adjustments. You must nurture and take care of your close relationships. You must put yourself in a position of power and authority and leadership because so many people are counting on you. Let's not let them down.
So looking at the end goal, we must already have an exit strategy, at least in the back of our mind as it relates to our practice. Are you going to sell the practice? Are you going to allow another chiropractor to come in and pay you money over time in the ownership or the new ownership, transfer of ownership of that practice? Are you going to still own the practice and maybe have associate or associates come in and you'll still be able to earn income over time as you still own the practice? There's methods that, methods that can be employed here, and I want you to already be thinking in your mind what you're going to do with your practice in the future. What do you plan on doing? As we get into money saving and accumulation, I will show you how important it is to maintain some income in the future because it takes about $250,000 saved minimum to give you about $1,000 a month of income. I'll say that again. You gotta have $250,000 saved to earn about $1,000 a month of income that you can actually use without touching the principal. That means you have to have a million dollars saved to end up with about $4,000 a month of income. Now, if you look at your current lifestyle, is it above or below $4,000 a month of income? So we must understand here that a little bit of working in the future can earn one, two, three, or $4,000 a month quite easily in chiropractic as compared to having to have saved a tremendous amount of money, let's say a million dollars, to earn that $4,000 a month. The point is, again, a little bit of work can get you $4,000 a month, and, and for a lot of people, that's easier than having to have saved a million dollars. Because you realize to save a million dollars, in the simplest sense, that's saving $50,000 a year for 20 years. And you're saying, what about interest? Well, we're not worried about interest. I'm worried about you losing the money by putting it in stupid things that can go up and down. And you can lose your, lose your ass like so many people around the country do year in and year out because they put their money in foolish places and they're manipulated by the people who are so money savvy that they literally are stealing people's money. So who cares about earning interest? Your goal is just to keep what you have. Okay, don't get all... <laughs> don't get all um, interest-oriented, your goal is to simply hold on to the money. Believe me, if you can just do that, you will be ahead of almost everyone you know. So again, to save a million, in another perspective, that's saving $20,000 a year for 50 years. Did you save $20,000 last year? If you didn't, when are you going to st suddenly start to save $20,000 a year? Because you're going to have to do that for the next 50 years to have a million dollars, essentially. Are you even going to be alive in 50 years? We'll get to where you are at financially here in a few minutes, but I want you to get your mind going forward and thinking about those times you'll need the money and the lifestyle you'd like to have and, of course, the dollar amounts that you'd like to have and by when. So we can do well in chiropractic. It's simply a matter of not blowing all the money and not losing the rest of the money that you've accumulated. Sounds easy, doesn't it? 
Don't spend all the money. Don't lose all the money. But a lot of people spend too much. They go get themselves a couple divorces, have some financial catastrophes, don't, don't pay their taxes, and they end up down the road in practice with nothing and coming to me for advice on how to scramble to somehow get ahead in a short period of time. And it can be done, but let's not get ourselves in a struggling situation. So we can certainly do well. And chiropractic is a wonderful vehicle by which to do that when you run your practice and your life properly, like of course we teach here relentlessly. Let's take a minute now and talk a little bit about the psychology of money, some of the mental processes that go through people's minds as it relates to money, you and your money and your thinking. Is it okay to like money? Is it okay to love money? Do you have some sort of religious neurosis planted in the back of your mind that loving money is evil? Even though every church, of course, was built with money. Even though that every church on Sunday is begging for money. Ten minutes after, they say that money is the root of all sorts of evil. I would actually contend that lack of money is a bigger root of many more sources of evil. In the prisons today, do you think there's more people in there because of a lack of money or because of a love for too much money, let's say? I would argue that the prisons are filled with people who are there out of sheer desperation to find a way to survive due to a lack of money and affluence and opportunity where they live. Of course, there's everything else under the sun, but I think you get my point here that being poor drives people to steal much more than being rich drives people to steal, at least on a sheer numbers basis. Although, of course, as you know, there are many major, major crimes committed by super, super wealthy people. In fact, probably the wealthiest people in the world are committing many of the biggest crimes of all, of all against humanity. But the point is, you can create a great life and you have the ability to do that. And the thing is, is money is okay. That's the point here. Money is okay. It's just money. It's just cars. It's just computers. It's just money. It's just food. It's just, it just is what it is. It is money, and money is okay. So let's get rid of any hang-ups in your mind. Money is fine, and having lots of money is better than not having enough money. Will you agree with that? Is having a million dollars safely invested better than not having any? That pretty much solves that question. Having money is fine. Money is fine. It's just money. There's no evil attachment to it. Now, some things can be done with money or as it relates to money that can be evil, but the person is the problem, not the money. It's just the money. It just sits there and doesn't do anything. It's the activity of people that's good or bad, but money is just money, and having lots of it is okay. And if you do not like the idea of having lots of it, you might as well just turn these CDs off and throw them away because they won't make any difference for you if you, in the back of your mind, have some sort of deep-rooted poverty complex where you don't think you deserve to have any money or some sort of other sappy mental condition that's going to um, affect your ability to accumulate and grow as a human being. 
Okay, so let's get past that right now. You work hard. You serve people. You deserve to be rewarded. You deserve fair exchange for that. You deserve to be paid for that. You will be paid for that in the form of money. Unless you're taking banana bread and cookies as a form of payment, you will be paid in the form of money. You deserve the money for the service you provided, period. Now, I hope you don't have this self-esteem problem where you don't think you deserve the money, okay, because somehow something happened to you in the past that has your feelings hurt or some sort of other goofy neurosis that we want to squash right now. So repeat after me, I deserve money. I deserve to get paid. I serve people. I love people. I care for people. I should be a millionaire. Why not? Other people are millionaires. Other chiropractors are millionaires. Then I could be a millionaire. It's just money. I deserve it for my service to people. Money is just a medium of exchange. It's something I can use to acquire other things that are important to me or other people. That's all it is. I deserve to have lots of that because I help people with the most valuable thing in their life, their health. I should be paid a lot of money for that. I deserve to be paid a lot of money for that. See the type of language that should be going through your mind? Very important in the psychology here. Repeat after me. I deserve to make and earn and save and accumulate money. Money is okay. I am a money magnet. Money is naturally drawn into my life. I am a money miracle. Every day, in every way, more money is on its way to me because I am a good steward with it. Money has opportunities. Money allows me to serve humanity at a higher level. Therefore, I deserve to handle and have more money. I am a million-dollar consciousness. I am a multi-million-dollar consciousness. And I deserve it. Excellent. Now, and you do deserve it, by the way. Just ponder that thought as you're sitting there. Say to yourself quietly in your mind, you know, I do deserve to earn more money. I do deserve to have a large amount of money saved and accumulated safely. I deserve to be a millionaire. I deserve to have a million dollars safely saved. In fact, let's do this. I want you to imagine in your left hand a piece of paper. I want you to feel the paper between your fingers. Let's say you just unfolded that piece of paper from an envelope so the paper has the fold creases still in it. Now as you open it up and hold that piece of paper in your left hand, I want you to imagine it is a bank statement that shows your balance at $1,017,520.23. See the black ink on the white paper. Feel the paper under your fingertips of your left hand. Now feel the feeling of having over a million dollars saved. What does that feel like right now? Imagine that being true right now. The security, the safety, the relief, the excitement, the opportunity, the hope, the comfort, the power, the satisfaction, the humility, 
the thankfulness, the gratitude. Feel those feelings. What would it feel like if you really had over a million dollars in the bank right now? How would that affect your weekly schedule? How would that affect the power you have as you deal with your patients day to day? When you have money saved like that, when you're sitting at a report of findings, it's a little bit different. Because you have no need for the money, although of course you deserve the fair exchange. And by the way, when you have more money, you do earn more money because your self-worth elevates as your savings elevates. Your self-worth elevates. Your self-esteem elevates as the amount of money you have elevates. As long as you're smart with it, of course, and as long as you're humble and thankful. Remember, the undertone in all of the teachings we will ever have is a state of thankfulness. Thankfulness for the simplest things. I'm thankful I can be here talking with you right now. And you have so many things to be thankful for. It's absolutely incredible. We all do. Now, two questions. Two questions. What is money? And where did you learn how to handle it? What is money? And where did you learn how to handle money? Who taught you how to handle money? Did school teach you? Elementary school, they teach you how to handle money? Did your parents teach you how to handle money? Are your parents rich and wealthy? Not because anything was given to them? Did they work, earn, save, accumulate, and become rich and wealthy? If they didn't, and they're the ones that taught you about money, what are the chances that you will become rich and wealthy? Who taught you about money? You know what the answer is? Nobody. Nobody taught you anything about money. Chiropractic college didn't. Elementary school didn't. College college certainly didn't. Our parents really didn't because they don't know. Okay, Aunts, uncles, everybody has somebody in their family who's somewhat wealthy, but it's not like they sat down and taught a course on how to handle these things because you got to be around someone day to day to see their decision making to really pick up on how they're handling money properly if they are handling money properly. So what is money? You think you know what it is, but really you don't. You just think it's the stuff you get that you can spend and you want more of it, but that'll get you nowhere. Okay, and of course, how did you learn how to handle money? By however. Okay, and that is the problem. You got to know what money is, number one, and you have to learn how to handle it, number two. And that is what we're going to do straight away. I want you to be aware of something here. I'm going to tell you a quick story that I think is going to be very, very revelating for you. And I want you to imagine that we're at a local happy hour in your town. Where's kind of the local happy hour? You know, on Thursday or Friday, you know, four, five, six, seven o'clock in the evening. Where do people hang out? Maybe watch a ball game, have a beer, have a pop, eat dinner. Where is that place that's around your office? I want you to picture yourself there. And in walks a lady who has a lot of perfume on, very flashy clothes, fancy shiny jewelry, rings, watches, fancy purse, just pulled up in her fancy foreign SUV that's all pimped out, okay? And she walks in with her 
too long and too shiny of fingernails, okay, and just too much of everything. And there she is standing there, okay? Now this person, right, this person is sitting there and because they have good income, they're able to make the monthly payments on all of this nice stuff. They're able to make the monthly payment on the nice home, the monthly payments on the fancy cars. They're able to buy fancy jewelry and clothes on credit, take fancy vacations, usually on credit, send their kids to fancy schools because they have some income that's enough to make the payments. But really behind the scenes, they have no money. These people, what? They look rich. That's the way a lot of people would want to look if they had money, they think. This person, this lady looks rich. People think she's rich because she's got the fancy SUV, she's got the big diamonds, she's got the Rolex watch, she's talking about the fancy vacations that she just came from. She looks rich. But really, behind the scenes, they have no money. This is true for almost everybody you see around you in this category. I want you to understand that. Do not be so foolish to think that because the person has a cool car and a nice house that they're rich. No, they're blowing the money on the car and the house. Therefore, they have no real money in most cases. So this lady looks rich, but she's not rich at all. And behind the scenes, she knows it. And it's really killing her at her core and aging her faster. Now, into the local tavern walks this guy. This guy's the exact opposite. He pulls up in a car he's had for 15 years that he fixes himself. He is wearing khaki pants and some sort of a very simple dress shirt and some very simple industrial strength brown shoes, okay? And this guy now oh, uh, enters the tavern. He starts to talk about what all of his stuff is worth. Well, I've got this duplex and it's worth this. And I've got uh, this and it's worth that. And this just, just went up in value. So now it's worth whatever. So this guy is playing what we call a game in his mind where he's thinking about what his stuff is worth. Sometimes called the net worth game. And in his mind, he thinks his stuff is worth something more than what it really is in his mind. Of course, actually, if you sold everything he had, he, wouldn't have, he, would, he would probably be upside down. But the point is, this person walks around making themselves feel rich. So we have the lady that looks rich. We got this guy that runs around and he feels rich. At least he owns a few things. And maybe he does have a little bit of money and equity in these things. He feels rich. Okay? All right? But of course, the net worth of these things can go up or it can go down. And as you know, in the stock market or in real estate, you could have something worth $200,000 now and it's worth $120,000 a year from now. Now what's your net worth on that item? It's actually negative isn't it? Because you could certainly owe more than it's even worth. So this guy feels rich. And then in walks the third person. And this third person just walks in with a big trunk. They walk in with this trunk. They flip it up on the bar, open it up, and it's full of $100 bills. Real money. OK? 
Okay, like real money sitting there that this guy has. Okay, real stacks of cash. Okay, this is what we call real money. This is what we call cash wealth versus net income wealth versus what we might call net worth wealth. So basically you have people that look rich because they have a decent job or some decent income and they can make all the payments on stuff. People have uh, some net worth from the stuff that they own but really don't have very much money and the stuff really isn't worth as much as they think it is. Okay. And so that's really not very, very wealthy. And then you have people that just have a big, huge pile of money, real money. We're going to call that cash wealth. That's real wealth, real money. I want you to think in these terms, how much real money do you have? Okay. That's the question that we're going to be getting to here. Very important to understand this. When you see people out there and they look all flashy, you don't care what they look like. You are concerned with what is the real financial facts of their life. And usually there's financial cancer brewing. You just don't see it because you're caught up staring at their um, Lexus SUV and their three-carat diamond ring and hearing them talk about their fancy vacations that you wish you could go on, even though behind the scenes they're, more, they're broke and you probably actually have more money than them. You just don't know it. So understand this. And then the net worth and, of course, cash wealth. We are seeking to have real money accumulated over time. That is what we are out to do, and chiropractic is a beautiful profession to do it. And so, very important you understand that right now. Your goal is to accumulate money, period. So, money is an idea. It's a medium of exchange. It's simply something we give to other people for something that's of more value to us. Money is an idea. Like I said, it's hope. Money gives freedom. Money is actually debt. A quick tidbit on this. Do you realize if you go to a bank to borrow money for a car, let's say you're going to borrow $25,000 for a car, do you understand that the bank doesn't have like a vault with $25,000 in it that they're going to hand to you? The bank simply in their computer goes, bing, and they click up $25,000. That $25,000 is actually a debt owed by you to the bank. Now, once they put that $25,000 number in your, in your account, that's a debt of money that's owed to them. All right? Now, by the way, just notice, if you don't pay for your car, they can repossess your car. Real physical property, metal and plastic, your car. But what did the bank really pledge in exchange for it? Nothing. They just kabinged a number up on the computer screen. I want you to think about that. You go to buy a home. You borrow $400,000 from the bank. The bank doesn't have a vault with $400,000 stacked in $100 bills that they hand to you. No, 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 no. They just put the number on a computer screen. Which you now owe back at interest. Which, by the way, if you don't pay, they will physically take your home when they in return pledged nothing. They just put the number on the computer screen. How would you like to do that? Follow this example. How would you like to be able to have people come to you and you be able to just grab a piece of scrap paper and write 10,000 on it and hand it to somebody and then they can go and, and spend that money? 
on, on something and if they don't pay you the money back, you can take that property, but yet all you did was just write the number on a piece of paper and took, it took nothing of your own to do that? That is banking. This is a fascinating concept. Money is actually debt. People complain about the national debt growing. It has to grow. It can only grow. It can never be balanced. No budget could ever be balanced. This is what people who don't know anything about money talk about. You understand, if the government prints a million dollars, that money is owed back with interest, $1,100,000. If they've only put a million in the circulation, where does the other $100,000 come from to pay the interest on that money? They must print more money. And on goes the cycle, up and up and up. See, way back when, it was sort of decreed that you could not charge interest on money this way. But for many, many reasons that I will not get into right now, it's a long and detailed story of the history of money, the history of the United States, the history of the currency in the United States, which is so fascinating, it would literally blow your mind if you really understood where the money comes from that runs this country and who really owns the money and why it's taxed the way it is, you will see that they have to print more money to simply pay off the debt on the money that was already printed. So the amount of money that gets printed in this inflation concept and this national debt concept can only increase because money is actually debt because money is printed out of thin air. See, when the government prints a bunch of $100 bills, what, what backs them? It's just printed on paper. It's thin air. It's a fascinating concept, money and banking. In fact, you might go onto YouTube and just type in money as debt, and you'll see nice little video series that explain how money really works. I just want you to be aware of that here. So, money is a medium of exchange. Money kind of actually is debt in a weird way. That, doesn't, that isn't our major concern. Our concern is how to earn it, save it, accumulate it, and build a wonderful, wonderful life chiropractic-wise and financially so we can really, really have a wonderful lifestyle and truly perform at the highest level and serve people at the highest level because we're financially solid. All right. We've got a lot to do from here. I'm going to meet you on CD number two, and we are going to dig in to some other key money concepts and we're going to dig into the concept of debt. I'll see you there. Thanks for tuning in to the Cairo Success Podcast. To learn more about how you can create the dream practice and life today, visit us online at winnersedgeconsulting.com. Thanks again, and we'll catch you in the next episode.